0: We meet today in Psalm chapter 22, considering the crucifixion of Christ. This psalm is called the psalm of the cross. It is so named because it describes more accurately and minutely the crucifixion of Christ than does any other portion of the word of God. It corresponds, of course, to the 22nd chapter of Genesis and and Isaiah chapter 53. We have many messianic Psalms which are pictures of Christ, by the way. The first Psalm, for instance, is a portrait of Christ in his character, who he is, his life, his practice. But in Psalm 22, we have an x ray which penetrates into his thoughts and into his inner life. In this Psalm, we see the anguish of his passion, his soul is laid bare before us. In the Gospel, It is recorded the historical effect of his death and some of the events which attended his crucifixion. But only in chapter 22, here we have his thoughts revealed. Many scholars believe that the Lord Jesus, while on the cross, quoted the entire Psalm 22. I concur in this, because the seven last sayings that are given in the Gospels either appear in this psalm, or the psychological background for them is actually revealed in this psalm. And so we are going to quote some of the words that were spoken by Jesus while he was on the cross, as we consider certain sections of this psalm. First of all, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, my friend, Psalm 22 opens with the plaintive and desperate cry of this poor lone man, forsaken of God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, Psalm 22 verse 1. We have here something I want to emphasize from the very beginning. It's a record of Christ's human suffering. We see him hanging there as a man, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We get more light on this by turning to the epistle to the Hebrews, Hebrews 2 verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. That is what we are looking at, my friend. The one who left heaven's glory and became man. He became a man to reveal God. Yes, that is true. But most of all, to redeem man. Hebrews 2 verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is that devil you see he could save no one by his life it was his sacrificial death that serves hebrews 2 verse 15 and 16 then 18 and release those who through fear of death were their lifetime subject to bondage for indeed he does not give aid to angels but he does give aid to the seed of abraham for in that He himself has suffered. Being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Now, my friend, we see the man Christ Jesus on the cross as the perfect man. He had learned to rest upon the Lord. He had learned to trust him in all that he did. He said in John 8 verse 29, I always do those things that please him. But there, in that desperate and despairing hour, he was abandoned by God. There was no place to tend to, either to the human plane or to the divine. He had no place to go. The man Christ Jesus was forsaken. No other ever has had to experience that kind of abandonment. No one. He alone. Why did God forsake him? Psalm 22 verse 3. But you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. Why was Christ forsaken by God, therefore? Well, because on the cross, in those last three hours, in the impenetrable darkness, Christ was made sin. He was forsaken for a brief moment. The paradox is that at that very moment, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, and the Lord Jesus himself said, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each one to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. John 16 verse 32. The Father was with him when he was in prison. The Father was with him when he was being beaten. The Father was with him when they nailed him to the cross. But in these three last hours, he made his soul an offering for sin, and it pleased the Father to bruise him, as indicated in Isaiah 53 verse 10. You see, the Father left him there alone alone. Why have you forsaken me? It is not the why of impatience. No. It is not the why of despair. Christ is not impatient. He is not despairing. It is not even the why of doubt. It is the human cry of intense suffering, aggravated by the anguish of his innocent and holy life. That awful and agonizing cry of the loneliness of his passion, he was alone. He was alone with the sins of the world upon him. So he cried, Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Well, when they beat him, he said nothing. When they nailed him to the cross, he did not whimper. But when God forsook him, he groaned in pain. Psalm 22 verse 6 but I'm a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. What does he mean when he says, I'm a worm? You see, he has groaned like a lion, and now he says, I'm a worm. It is because he has reached the very lowest place. Isaiah 53, verse 10. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid. As it were our faces from him, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. You see, he said, I am a worm. The interesting thing is that the word used here for worm means the caucus worm, which was used by the Hebrews in dyeing all kinds of curtains of the tabernacle scarlet red. When he said, I am a worm, he meant more than that he had reached the lowest level. It was he Who had said, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Isaiah 1 verse 18. Only his blood, my friend, can rub out that dark, deep spot in your life. My friend, there is only one thing that will take the spot of sin out of your life and mine. That is the blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. No wonder he was rejected. And he even said, I am a worm. Now we will look at the victim on the cross. His suffering is intensified by that brutal mob and hardened spectators that are beneath him. Look through his eyes and see what he sees. Psalm 22 verse 7 to verse 8. All oh, those who see me ridicule me. They should cut the leap. They shake their head saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Now, some criminals have been so detested that they have been taken from jail and lanced by a mob. But while the criminal was being executed, the mob would actually displace. Tempers were cooled and emotions were assurged. But not this crowd. When Jesus was crucified, we read in Matthew 27 verse 36, and sitting down, they watched him there. In fact, you cannot get lower than that, my friend. The venom and the vileness of a human heart were being poured out like an open sewer as they remained there and ridiculed him in his death. After a snake has put its deadly fangs into its victims and emitted its poison, it will slither away in the grass. But not this crowd, not the human heart in rebellion against God. They sat there and watched him suffering. Luke 23 verse 34 Then Jesus said, Father forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now, Isn't that amazing? If he had not said that, this crowd would have committed the unpardonable sin. But they did not. He asked forgiveness for their sin. We know that the centurion in charge of the execution was saved, and a whole company of Pharisees, including Saul of Tarsus, who probably was in that crowd, were also saved. So, We see his different approach, and the people are getting saved. That's why he said, forgive them. Forgiveness came as he was there being crucified. Have you received that forgiveness, my friend? Another statement from the mouth of Jesus was, Woman, behold your son. Now as he looks over the crowd, he sees not only Eyes of hurt and antagonism, but he sees eyes of love. He sees his mother with John down there. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. John 19 verse 25. As Jesus looks at her, do you want to know what went on in his heart? He went back to Bethlehem at the time he was born, and he says to the Father. Psalm 22 verse 9 to verse 10. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust. While on my mother's breast, I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. In John 19 verse 26, we read, Woman, behold your son. Remember that at the wedding at Cana in Galilee. Mary had asked Jesus to do something to show that he was the Messiah. She was even right when she said he was virgin born. She wanted him to reveal himself at this wedding. Jesus' answer to her at that time was, Woman, what have I to do with you? My hour has not yet come. That is in John 2 verse 4. But there hanging on the cross, we hear Jesus saying, Woman, Behold your son His hour has now come The reason for his coming into the world is now being accomplished This is the most important hour in the history of the world Then his attention moves back to those who are doing the crucifying Psalm 22 verse 12 Many bulls have surrounded me Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me Describing those soldiers crucifying him, he says they are like the bulls of Bashan. But he does not stop with that. For he is being devoured by wild animals. That is what his tormentors had become, you see. Psalm 22 verse 13. They gap at me with their mouth like a raging and rolling lion. He is talking about Rome now. Rome crucified him. He compares them with a roaring lion, for the lion was the picture of Rome. And notice his condition. Psalm 22, verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. Now, crucifixion was unknown when this psalm was written. The Roman Empire was not even in existence, and it was Rome that instituted the crucifixion. Yet here is a picture of a man dying by crucifixion. This is a messianic psalm. And here we read, I am poured out like water. The excessive perspiration of a dying man out in that sun is the picture given here. All my bones are out of joint. That is the horrible thing about crucifixion, is that when a man began to lose blood. His strength ebbed from him. His strength just went out of him, and all his bones slipped out of joint. That is an awful thing. It was terrible, terrible suffering. Then he says something that is indeed strange. My heart is like wax. You see, Jesus died of a broken heart. Many doctors have said that a ruptured heart would have produced what John meticulously recorded. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. John 19 verse 34. John took note of that, and he recorded it. May I say to you, my friend, Jesus died of a broken heart. Another statement is, I thirst As he is hanging there ready to expire, with excessive perspiration pouring from him, he suffers the agony of thirst. Psalm 22 verse 15 My strength is dried up like a port shed, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. You see, down beneath the cross, they hear him saying, I am thirst. Psalm 22 verse 16. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. You see, dog was the name for Gentiles. The piercing of his hands and feet is an accurate description of the crucifixion. Psalm 22 17 and 18. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. You see, he was crucified naked. It is a great humiliation. He suffered by hanging there nude on the cross. They had taken his garments and gambled for ownership. My friend, he went through it all, crucified naked, that you might be clothed. With Christ's righteousness And so be able to stand before God Throughout the endless ages of eternity As if you are clothed The other statement Jesus spoke When he was dying there on the cross Father, into your hands I commit my spirit Psalm 22 verse 19 and up to 21 says But you, O Lord, do not be far from me All my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild ox. You have answered me. The Lord Jesus was crucified, probably not on the shaped cross that we see today. We think of a cross made of an upright paw with a cross piece there. Nowhere does the scripture describe it. Well, there are two Greek words that are translated by the English word cross. One of them is the word stauros. You find it used in several places. For instance, Matthew 27 verse 40. You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. The word used there is Stauros. It means one piece. It is interesting how accurate scripture is, but how tradition has woven it into our thinking. Also, it's amazing to see how we are thinking. Paul used the word Stauros when he wrote uh, to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, For the preaching of the cross, Stauros, is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, It is the power of God. The second Greek word for cross is zolon, which is translated by the English cross or tree. It simply means a piece of wood. Paul also used this word in Acts chapter 13 verse 29. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. You see, they took him down from the tree. Does he mean an upright tree with a cross piece? Now, I'm perfectly willing to go along with the popularly accepted shape of a cross. But for the sake of accuracy and to appreciate the exactness of this psalm, we need to brush aside the tradition for a moment. Jesus said, You have heard me from the horns of the wild oxen. That is the cross. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23 verse 46. You see, now when we come to verse 22 of this psalm, we see a radical change, of course, a bifurcation, if you like. We have had the suffering of Christ described for us. Now we see the glory that should follow. Psalm 22 verse 22. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. I think that he said this entire psalm on the cross. He did not die defeated. For when he reached the very end, he said, This is the gospel that will be witnessed to. I will declare your name to my brothers. The next statement that came from the mouth of Jesus is, Today you shall be with me in paradise. Psalm 22, verse 25 and verse 26 we read, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. We now know that the thief on the cross said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Luke 23 verse 42. Christ says here, I will pay my vows. Today you shall be with me in paradise. The redeemed shall be there to praise. And the thief he was talking with, he will be there with him someday. Although he was a man unfit to live in, here on earth, according to the Roman standard, according to the Roman law, the Lord Jesus made him fit for heaven by his death on the cross. Whether you like it or not, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be with him in paradise. Then also Jesus used these final words, It is finished. There is a seventh word, and it is his last. Psalm 22 verse 31. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has done this. You see, to a people who shall be born includes you and me. Isn't that wonderful, my friend? They shall declare his righteousness, not your righteousness. For God says, your righteousness is filthy rags in his sight. How will they declare his righteousness? Well, and when he said it, it was but one word. Tetelestai, it is finished. Your redemption is a complete package, my friend. And he presents it to you, wrapped up with everything in it. He doesn't want you to bring your do-it-yourself kit along. No, no. He does not need that. When Christ died on the cross, he provided a righteousness that will satisfy a holy God. All he asks of you is that you receive this package, the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Psalm 22 reveals the heart of our Savior, as he was made a sin offering in our behalf. He completed the transaction in triumph. He offers us a finished redemption. We never shall be worthy of it. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. We must receive it as a gift. Over 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus Christ did all that was needed to save us. It is done. Tetelestai. It is finished. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs, so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, PO Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for, and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620 South Africa.